This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM. I'm Rich Bradbury. On the phone line with me, as usual, is Arif Ruse, the man with the news. Say hello, Arif. Hello, everybody. And the other fellow who tends to be very quiet when it comes to speaking on radio is Daniel Fernandez from uh, DSF.my. Hi, Daniel. Hello, and good evening, Richard. Good evening, Arif. And uh, okay, I will be less quiet today. Did you just step like one foot towards your microphone because you went from being fairly quiet to very loud? Yes, because I wanted to make myself feel heard and be heard. Oh, my word. Anyway, if you want to get in touch with the show today, uh, get us over on Instagram. We do have an Instagram account. Believe it or not, Arif is fairly good at updating it, right, Arif? Man, you set the bar too high sometimes. (laughs) But it is at BFM Cruise Control. You can follow us us, um, and, you know, leave your comments about the show. Yeah, like the other... 24 million people who are following us already do. Uh, A show in three parts today. Uh, Part one, a bit of a roundup. The Audi RS3, the Toyota Aqua, the Koenigsegg, Jesco. How do we say that? Koenigsegg. That's the one. Koenigsegg, Jesco. And then part two, we've got the BMW 330Li, the VW Arteon, and the Taigon, the Hyundai Kona, the 1.6 Turbo, and then a used car review towards the end of the show. I want to stop talking now and let Arif take it away. Go. Well, uh, we're going to kick off with a bit of a roundup because over the past week, um, things have gone from EMCO to FMCO, back to FMCO for this long of folks. So some businesses have reopened, Puspacom has reopened, cars can register again, and it seems over 4,839 cars were forced to turn around at the state lines for the Raya holiday. So I dread to think how many cars got through without being turned around. That's what worries me a little bit. Exactly. Um, also, on that note, does that mean driving lessons are, are reopened again or not? Uh, actually, no, because uh, I know Richard is waiting to get his driving license. <laughs> yes. But also, my son is waiting to get his driving license and he's been <laughs> held up for a year already. So right. the last time I checked, which was uh, last Friday, no, they're not open yet. Oh, okay. All right. Never mind. Just asking. Hmm. It's going to be a while until you get to review your own car, I guess, Richard. I know. It's sat outside, looking pretty, and I can't take it anywhere. Yes, but before we carry on, I think the listeners should understand. Richard actually can drive, but he can't use his UK driving <laughs> license here. So he's forced to take a Malaysian driving license test, right? Yes, and it was joyful. I managed to sit through seven hours of wonderful lessons. <laughs> Just think when everything reopens again and then they tell you because the last time you took your L was a really long time ago, you have to sit through that again. Do you know what? I think that's going to happen. I would not be surprised. <laughs> it'll I be would fun, not be it'll surprised. It'll be fun, Richard, because of what? you'll relearn all the traffic signs and signals and, and <laughs> yes. rules, you know? Yes. You'll become a much better driver. I told you they sent me out of class, right? Because I didn't have a collared shirt on. Yes, I told you yes, that, right? Yes, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Anyway. We have standards sure. in Malaysia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such a standard that they made me wear my driving instructor's college shirt and he's four sizes smaller than I am. Right. I don't know if that's a good standard or a bad standard. Was it clean? It was clean, yes. <laughs> Just very small. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, last week in our show, actually, we spoke a lot about the middlemen and brokers. And, you know, this was due to uh, a Nissan Skyline being stuck in a tree and catching on fire. Right. And therefore, we raised the question, you know, are these middlemen and brokers uh, necessary and a useful service for Malaysians? Or is it just another hurdle and expense? And uh, I guess 
to no surprise at all, the response from most of our listeners uh, is that, yes, we can definitely do without them. But then again, somebody pointed out that the only reason why these middlemen and brokers exist is because the whole process of registering your, you know, your cars, your inspection paperwork, and at times to get them to look the other way, it's a bit more difficult to do that by yourself. And it's quite horrible and inconvenient. So somebody mentioned that there is a need and a want to make the whole process easier and go digital, which I think is a completely fair statement. Yes, but you see, the thing is, by going digital, the problem is you still need to take your car in for inspection at Puspacom. Yeah. You see, I've done it personally. Like I, I shared my experience the last time with the tinted glass issue and everything else. Um, there is something going on which we cannot say over the air, but it happens and this is why this continues. And I think it's, honestly, I think it's done a little bit purposely so that you can have these people still working the system to earn extra income. That's all I'll say. Certainly seems that way, at least. Yes. <laughs> so let's leave it at that until someone decides to change things, which I think will not happen in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> and last week you said you might not live forever. Right? Exactly, my lifetime. That's what okay. I said. It might happen next week, but I won't okay. be around next week. Okay. Oh, just just on, to man. be clear, just to be clear. <laughs> Happy days. Yes. Happy days indeed. Right. The 2022 Audi RS3 was just launched and... Honestly, the regular Audi A3 is very, very pretty. It's quite good looking, isn't it, guys? Yes, it is. But this new RS3, obviously, gets pumped with steroids and quote-unquote vitamin B. The amazing thing about this RS is I, I want to share some figures with you guys eh, in comparison. Okay, so this car has got 400 horses and 500 newton meters of torque. It'll do the 0 to 100 dash in 3.8 seconds. Now, its nearest rival is the Mercedes AMG 45S 4Matic, okay? Mm-hmm. That does a 0 to 100 dash in 3.9 seconds. Just 0.1 seconds slower, right? Yeah. Okay, then next, you have the BMW M135i X drive. Another four-wheel drive, hot hatch, okay? Now, that's also a two-liter engine. That does 4.8 seconds. Mm. The thing is, you know, when you talk about 0.1 seconds, how are you going to feel that? You know what I mean? <laughs> You talk about 0.9 seconds between the BMW and the Audi RS. Again, how do you count one second? You know, you get what I mean or not? Yeah. So end of the day, what you're looking for is not this. This performance figures all just are just toys to play with. What you're looking for is that aggression in its looks. When you get inside, the, you know, whether that car gives you that, that, that feeling of I'm driving something really fast. And of course, the ability to say, I can afford this car against the other two because the Audi RS based on my calculation, will land in Malaysia at about half a million dollars. This RS3? Yes. If it comes in officially, it'll be about half a million dollars. Meanwhile, the Mercedes is selling right now for $427,000. Mm-hmm. And then the BMW sells for 355000 ringgit. That's three very, very good options at different price, three different price okay, points. Okay, so basically they're all 70, 000, about 70000 ringgit difference from the Audi right down to the BMW. Yeah. Okay, so end of the day is just how much money you got, how much bragging power you want to have, and that that one second or 0.9 seconds, is it really going to change your life? But, I mean, as usual with all of these cars, you know, it's it's about the look, right? The feel, Ooh, yes, how you yes. present yourself. And to be honest, between those three cars, the RS3 is the more uh, legendary car. I mean, it was around since, what, 2001, 2000 with the first one, and at First, people was like, oh, it's just, you know, a dressed up golf R. But it's grown to be something more than that, you know. 
I agree with you. And if I had the money and money was really no issue, I, even though the Audi is so much more expensive, I will buy it. Mm. I will buy it. Definitely. As Daniel said, you know, um, 400 horsepower, four-wheel drive, weighs 1,500 kilos basically and results in a 3.8-second sprint. It's insane. It has a huge wide body kit, massive air vents with obviously, you know, Audi these days, uh, they like to disguise their air vents as fake plastic trim. Um, they got <laughs> ceramic brakes. Um, and of course, with any RS cars, you have dual exit sports exhaust, which always, always sounds good. Unfortunately, though, as made popular by a lot of videos on the internet, they do have a soft limiter. So the car just ends up sounding like a diesel if you rev it up at the red light. So, <laughs> which kind of sucks. But um, overall, though, it looks really, really cool, especially in the lime green color that's being shown by Audi itself. The interior with the lime green lights and everything. Mm-hmm. Super cool, modern, racy, fantastic looking thing, right? I like the look of it. Yes, yes. It is. is. Yeah. Next car. It's not racy at all. It's like the other end of the spectrum to racy in terms of how it looks and how it reacts. Yeah, it's just, you know, it, it, what happens when you want to buy an Audi RS3 and you check your bank balance and you, and you realize that you can only afford this one. And you'd rather save the planet. Yes. The thing is, when it was in Malaysia, um, it wasn't that cheap, was it? It was 99,000 ringgit. Yes. Really? Yep. Crazy. I just realized we haven't uh, told the listeners what the car is. It's yes. So it's a Prius C and it was 99,000 in Malaysia. That's insane. I know. But, you know, you, you must understand it was fully imported, you know. Um, there was no tax incentives. There was no uh, customized incentives, as you might say. And the thing is, this current one is called the Toyota Aqua. In, in Japan, and here it's called the Prius C. Don't make fun of the name Aqua, A-Q-U-A. Now, <laughs> the reason for the price, the high price, is simply because of tax incentives and the fact that it wasn't local assembled or it's, it is assembled within the region. You don't have the after tax incentives. So, of course, it's going to be a lot more expensive. Now, if you look at the vehicle and you study the lines, it's actually a more refined version of the Perdua Maivi. Oh, I was expecting Barbie Girl references. Sorry. <laughs> I'm talking about the design of the car, you know? <laughs> the general shape of the car is very Maivi. Yes. Mm. And if you go back and look at an old picture of the Prius C, which was sold here, which is now today about 20, 15 to 20,000 in the used car market. We'll talk about it in some time in the future. That car looks very, very close to the current Perdua Maivi. Yeah. You're not wrong. In terms of size, in terms of features, except the engine and drivetrain is different. So what I'm trying to say is this is basically the base of... Probably the future hybrid Maivi that's going to come. Wait, wait, wait. Hang, hang on a minute. He's not said it. What is that? You heard it here first. Ah, there we go. Ah, there we go. <laughs> it's been a while since yeah. we heard that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you heard it here first. Uh, you know, basis for a hybrid. And in terms of technicals, the hybrid is essentially a 1.5 liter engine with something called a bipolar battery system, which doesn't mean that it's going to suddenly stop working when it wants to. Or get angry when it shouldn't do. <laughs> exactly. It just means that it's slightly more compact. It's twice the output, gives a smoother response because from the pictures, it's arranged slightly differently. Mm. And if this also benefits the car because you now can drive the car in full electric vehicle mode compared to the previous Prius C, where you couldn't do that. So, uh, Daniel, what do you think? You know, this car going to come over to Malaysia? Not as a Toyota. I'm very, very confident in saying this. It'll come as a Perdua Maivi. But then again, last week we did talk about, you know, Toyota investing a lot of money into their factories here. 
True, Toyota is investing a lot of money in the factories here. I think it's for SUVs, MPVs, which are the biggest market right now, and maybe one for then. But you know, I, you know, like the crossover, the Corolla Cross, the Toyota Rav4, the Toyota Rav4 Hybrid, maybe. You know, but I think for this, they will go into the Perdua factory to do because with the national car status, can you imagine the tax saving on it? Mm. Yes, on top of that, there's a lot of pressure for car manufacturers to go into more fuel-efficient cars. But to go into a full EV costs a lot of money and there's still a lot of uh, hesitation in the buying public because of charging stations. But if you tell them, okay, I'm going to give you a car like this, which you can use in EV mode and, and still have a 1.5 petrol engine when you need it, and it looks quite attractive. And look at the interior. The interior is so nice. Very nice, very nice. And if I can price it below 80,000 ringgit, 78888. Not bad. That is my guess. Not, Not bad. bad, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, should we talk about something that's, um, well... Much cheaper. <laughs> uh, not as economical with fuel, perhaps, right. was the way that I was going to go. And has a nine-speed transmission. Then that nine-speed transmission is actually called the light-speed transmission. Interesting name. Uh, the car we're talking about is uh, actually a hypercar and is yet another hypercar unleashed onto this mad mad world it's the koenigsegg jesco and just three points on the important hypercar bits because it's all about power these days it's all about how many thousands and how many seconds that you can shave off your times right so we keep talking about all these new ev hypercars like 2000 horsepower like the lotus elmira i think yeah. and that remac as well but this car this koenigsegg jesco no electric motors here it's a five liter v8 twin turbo 1,280 horsepower, 1,000 newton meters of torque, 1,420 kilograms, 2.5 second sprint, and get this, 482 kilometer an hour top speed. And as Rich mentioned just now, nine-speed transmission called the light-speed transmission. It's built in-house, it's more compact, lighter, and as the name suggests, it shifts without interruption at just 20 milliseconds. You can't even notice that. It's almost like a game, a video game. Uh, but I guess the more important thing for people buying these cars and not actually driving it you know, to its full capacity is the looks. And it's not ultra futuristic, which can be quite disappointing, right? Right. So this Jesco has got two versions, right? There's the Jesco Absolute, which is a street version. Uh, you can go to DSM and see both versions of pictures. Then you'll see there's one which is called the track version. And the track version has a huge spoiler at the back. Okay, so earlier when I mentioned about the very efficient Toyota Prius C, the new model, and mm -hmm. I mentioned that the price is, you know, about the same price as this, what we're going to talk next, I was actually talking about the spoiler only. <laughs> <laughs> the rear spoiler is going to cost about 60,000 ringgit because it's pure carbon fiber. It's done in a wind tunnel. It actually produces a lot of extra rear downforce and top speed for the Koenigsegg Jesco. I have to admit, though, I, I prefer the look of the one without the spoiler. Exactly. It looks so much nicer, right? Right. It looks like a Batmobile. Yes, but you see, if you're going to buy the Jesco Absolute without the rear spoiler, that means you'll have extra money to buy the Prius C uh, yes, for your daily driving. Yes, yes. <laughs> Two birds, one stone. I like it. Yes, but if you buy the track version, you will not have that extra money. Right. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to have to think long and hard about this. Yes, Richard. Please it's think a... carefully because you still got time. You haven't got your license yet. It's a very tough decision. <laughs> spoiler or no spoiler. Anyway, spoiler alert. We are going to take a short break. We'll be back after these messages. We'll be talking about BMWs, Volkswagens, and some Hyundais. Don't go anywhere. This is Cruise Control on BFM 89.9. 
Beyond Frivolous Matters, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. This is Cruise Control, The Car Show. Uh, thank you for joining us again. Uh, I'm on the phone, as usual, with Arif Ruse, the man with the news, and Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. Say hello, fellas. Hello. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us this evening. Just for the break, we had a bit of a chat about the roundup. Uh, we spoke about the Audi RS3, uh, hypercar. Now we're talking about some local cars, something a little bit different. Yes, and it looks the same though, because it's the new BMW 330li. Visually similar to the current 330i M Sport, but uh, this is one obviously has a bit more legroom. That's the whole point of this car, you know? You, for some reason, don't want to buy a 5 Series, which has more legroom than this car, but you want a small car with more rear legroom. It's just confusing to me. But you get extra 4 centimeters in the back and slightly more headroom. Um, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but it does make the car look a bit odd, right? It's kind of bulbous at the back. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Uh, other than that, you know, the same powertrain, four-cylinder turbo, 258 horsepower, eight-speed automatic. BMW only gives you two colors with this car, though, black or white, with a Mokar interior. So um, very luxurious choices um, in terms of the spec as well. You get comfort access, full BMW driving assistant, panoramic sunroof with BMW Hi-Fi. And when rumors of this first service, we mentioned that it was kind of like a test for the Malaysian market, right? Mm. 277,000 ringgit. This costs about 10 more than the regular 330i and about 25 more than the 330e. So, you know, they're probably not going to look for big numbers. It's probably a response to the slow sales of the previous uh, 3 Series GT, which occupied a similar spot in the BMW Malaysia lineup all those years ago. So I'm still struggling to think about who will buy one of these long wheelbase BMW 3 Series. Oh, I think there'll be no problem selling this car. Really? Yes, because you think about it. Where are long wheelbase BMWs, Mercedes Benzes selling the best? Uh, China. China. They were developed for China, right? Yep. Before that, BMW and Mercedes didn't do it. And even now, the Land Rover Evoque, they've got a long wheelbase. Just, just announced last week, just for China only. Yeah. So if you've got this car selling so well in China because the demand is so big, you definitely will sell well in Malaysia because of all the big Chinese conglomerates that are setting up office here. But are Malaysians those type of buyers, you know? Do we love our real legroom? It's not we. The buyers are, who are these people? These are the people who are working for Huawei, Tencent, Alibaba. And they come in open offices here. They're here and they say, hey, you know, in my country, I can buy this car. Why here? I cannot buy it. And it's for sale. There you go. (laughs) Simple as that. Problem solved. I no longer need to do any business shows. Daniel's got it all sorted. Exactly. He knows exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> but um, I've always thought, you know, this uh, it's a quirky car to me as a BMW fanboy. You, a BMW fanboy? I would never have thought that, Arif. One talking about the other. <laughs> no, not in a million years. Yeah. But guys, honestly, if you look at it, I'm sure there'll be enough Malaysians also gravitating to this because why? They just want something different. Yeah. But if you want something different... Maybe we should try, you know, talking about something a little different, which is the new Volkswagen Arteon facelift, which was just launched last Thursday. Agreed. To me, it looks better. It's, I think, slightly bigger, probably less headroom. And more expensive than the old one. 
yeah, 30,000 ringgit more expensive. Yet it's 20,000 ringgit cheaper than the 330 Li at 250,000 ringgit. So it's this more special looking car, probably has more rear legroom. It's a bit more executive-like, which might entice a few Malaysian buyers as well. Just to rewind a little bit, the Li on the 330, does the Li stand for uh, legroom increased? <laughs> probably. Probably. I mean, I'm just, just curious, you yes. know. Sorry. Well, anyway, but going the, off on a tangent here. Yeah, but the thing is, you must understand, you know, no matter how nice or how handsome the Atian looks and how much cheaper it is, someone who wants to buy a BMW will not buy a Volkswagen. That is right. true. Which is a shame because the Atian looks really, really exactly. nice. Exactly. And you see, now it comes with four-wheel drive, right? Yeah. Yep. That's that's the whole, the whole idea of four-wheel drive. And it's got, you know, 280 brake horsepower, 350 newton meters of torque, which means... This is basically a rebadge Audi A5 Sportback Quattro. You know, having said that, right. I saw a few yellow ones, yellow Arteons rolling around in, in Kale right. these past few months. And to me, the Arteon looks like a 650,000 ringgit car. Exactly. It looks very expensive, especially with that color and all that trim on it, you know, the, the jewelry on it. But you see, the Audi A5 Sportback is fully imported. This, of course, is local assemble. It's got almost the same amount of uh, brake horsepower and torque. A little bit here, different. The, the 0 to 100 time is almost the same. The top speed is almost the same. But the Audi being fully imported is 370,000 ringgit against the Artian price. You could get one and a half Prius Cs with that. Exactly. But um, obviously, the Volkswagen Artian was only recently launched about a year and a half ago in Malaysia. This new one is a facelift and it comes with a slightly posher outlook, as mentioned, and is really worthy of being the most expensive Volkswagen that you can buy in Malaysia. So you're buying something pretty out there and up right. there. Um, you get new refreshed front end with new lamps, a grill and a full light bar at the front, which is something I've never seen on a modern car. Interesting stuff. Uh, we've got a refreshed rear bumper, new interior, Volkswagen Group's new and improved digital driver's display, which allows you to put the map directly in front of you. Very, very useful feature. You've got 12 speakers, 700 watt uh, Harman Kardon sound system, as, and as Daniel mentioned just now, 280 horsepower, 350 newton meters of torque. I just want to point something out, right? You know, they published a press release with, uh, with a slogan, and it says, the new Arteon R-Line 4 motion turns heads in just 5.6 seconds. And that slogan kind of makes sense, but 5.6 seconds is quite a long time to get someone to turn their heads. Yeah, and you could have a neck pain as well. <laughs> I think it's the ones with the neck pain that's taking 5.6 seconds to watch. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. you got to turn their whole body. Slowly, slowly. Yeah, exactly. Turn your whole body. Everybody knows that. And you get old. Uh, talking from experience, huh? Well, clearly. <laughs> anyway, um, a cup for young people, though. Volkswagen Tiguan, Gun. And it's, it sounds like a typo of Tiguan, but it's essentially... Uh, a case of either honey, I shrunk the Tiguan, or it's bulking season for the Volkswagen Polo. Uh, <laughs> and the only reason you're saying it's for young people, uh, or not the only reason, but one of is because of the colors they're offering it in, I think. It's gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they got a fancy orange, they got a fancy blue. You know, actually, what's happening is you see, uh, there was a hot rumor that uh, Volkswagen is bringing in a new SUV. So mm -hmm. we all know the Tiguan is also here. So everyone was talking about the T Rock, you know? Yeah, they're going mm -hmm. to bring in the T Rock, but we heard, and then you know, we got our own sources that what's going to come in is what's being sold in India and doing very well in India, which is the Tigun. The Tigun is a small crossover. It's basically the size of a Polo, yeah, raised with big wheels and everything else. It doesn't have four wheel drive. It's got roughly the same kind of you know cabin structure and everything else. And this is what 
the whole economy is going for right now. Everybody who wants a simple hatchback actually wants a crossover. Look at Toyota, how well they're doing with the Corolla Cross. Mm-hmm. Look at Mazda with the CX-3, you know? Look at Proton with the X-50. And then, of course, we got the Perdua with the Ativa. This is what the buyer's market wants. It's not just a Malaysian thing. It's happening all over. And in India, crossovers like this are selling like crazy. All the other brands from Hyundai, Kia, and all, their crossovers are selling beyond belief. So this is why I'm going to go to the next car. The Hyundai <laughs> Kona Turbo has finally arrived in Malaysia. It's uh, it's a really really exciting car. I I do actually want to drive one of these, and I don't really like crossovers. One point six liter turbo is what powers this brand new Hyundai Kona, and that's what Hyundai Malaysia is bringing here. And that one point six liter turbo brings a lot of grunt. It has almost two hundred horsepower, and it has a dual clutch transmission with it, and therefore adds quite a bit to the value proposition, which was kind of missing in the previous two liter version, which you know kind of seemed a bit plain i guess mm. and, and if you think about it if if hyundai were to put this powertrain and this kind of price with the hyundai elantra it will not sell as well people want crossovers yep. you know we, we can't run away from it because why that's the same thing what volkswagen malaysia is planning to do they will soon discontinue the, the, the vehicles that are not selling which is the polo and the vento mm-hmm. and you know the jetta is gone already yep so what's going to happen you're just going to have two or three crossovers and then you're going to have one sedan and maybe that sedan or so might not last well, speaking of that one sedan, the Passat has just been killed in the US. Yes. <laughs> and it's not surprising because why? Even the other brands are losing their sedans. Mazda 6, Honda Accord, Toyota Camry. Yep. It's just the way things are, you know? And it's sad. But yes. at least now we have a 200 horsepower uh, crossover, which is kind of on the medium to mild on the peri-peri chart which is pretty cool. You know, it looks the part as well. You can get this new uh, 1.6 litre turbo uh, Hyundai Kona with 18-inch diamond-cut wheels, metal pedals, twin tailpipes, N-line body kit, red interior stitching. So they're really trying to sell that hot hatch feeling there. Mm. And of course, Hyundai Malaysia, most of the cars are, almost all of the cars are CBU units. So well kitted out. You got full kit of Hyundai Smart Sense, and chances are they're probably not going to skim on the infotainment system as well. Yes. However, they have announced that you can book the car for 300 ringgit, but they haven't said anything about the price of the car. No, you have to PM. <laughs> you know. Facebook Marketplace, they're selling it now. PM for best price. That's, that's what it is right now, I think. Yep, yep. You know, they've been telling people to go online to their click to buy function. So you probably do have to PM for best price. Mm. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> uh, let's take a short break. When we come back, what happened to the Honda Insight here in Malaysia? We'll find out when we get back on Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM 89.9. Beyond Frivolous Matters, BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is Cruise Control. We're into the final portion of the show. Uh, We'll be talking about what happened to the Honda Insight here in Malaysia. Daniel, um, what happened to the Honda Insight in Malaysia? What happened? Exactly. I I was also surprised because I didn't realize that the Honda Insight is totally out of our showrooms and not in our marketplace. 
It is no more. It has gone. It has flown the coop. It is a dead bird. Exactly. And the thing is, this was actually a very, very good car. It was. And in the last uh, few weeks, uh, we've been doing a couple of uh, number of used car reviews. And I realized that the people who've been writing in and saying, you know, thank you for doing the used car review. I got a lot of information or whatever else. I was also getting some people saying, hey, you know, why are you reviewing all these expensive cars? Why? I know some of these cars have become cheap, but, you know, they're still expensive to maintain. And I realized with our current economic situation, there's a lot of people out there looking for used cars. Yes, there are bargains out there, but they're looking for something low price, yet mm. low price in terms of maintenance and also easy to maintain. And they're probably thinking, I want to run it for maybe three to four years because that's how long this, this, whole, this whole situation is going to cost me. And I don't want to lose too much money in that time. Okay, so previously, you know, when we talk about like used cars and good value and, you know, trouble-free motoring, we don't typically talk about a hybrid. Yes, yes. Because why? I'm not a big fan of plug-in hybrids because of all the issues I have received over the last few years for plug-in hybrids. But this this is not a plug-in hybrid. This is not a plug-in hybrid. This is just a mild hybrid. So you have a little hybrid battery at the back, which assists in the movement of the car. That means you don't have an all-electric mode driving cycle. Yeah. Okay? You can coast on battery power. In a heavy traffic jam, you can put in D, and when you're just applying your brake off and on, off and on, you can basically coast a little bit on battery power. And of course, because these are old technology mild hybrids, when you do that, you you reduce your aircon compressor. Mm. So, of course, your cabin might say, hey, suddenly from very cold becomes less cool. So, people used to complain about this and all that. So, in the end, they stopped using the hybrid function as time went by. But, for example, if you buy one of these cars, let me tell you this. I've used these cars even uh, recently. Not recently, I'm talking about a few years ago when, when a staff of mine brought over his hybrid and told me it's a little bit of problem. So, I drove it around and I realized that, you know, if you're driving it early in the morning, if the aircon reduces a little bit, it's only for a little while, so it doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, of course, in the middle of the day, like now, you know, on your way home, after a long day at work, you might say, okay, like, even though the sun has gone down, I still need a little bit of aircon. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it differs from, from people, from, from driver to driver. But different people have different needs for all this. I know some people who drive in, in the morning when they're going to work, they don't even use their aircon. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah, they just put their window down. But of course, different people, they don't want to smell the outside air. They don't want to smell the smog and everything else. But anyway, let's come back to the Honda Honda Inside Hybrid. So like you're saying, yes, we didn't talk much about hybrids because of the issues related to it. But this is a mild hybrid. And over the years, this car has depreciated quite a lot. But it stopped depreciating. And I was thinking why it stopped depreciating. Because when I checked the background of this car, in the last two years, the price has sort of stagnated between twenty to 30,000 ringgit. Hmm. And the reason for this, I think, from my impression is this. Before COVID, when people were still doing well and everything else, they were happily selling their Honda inside because why the car has already passed seven years. I don't have any more loan. Let me get whatever cash I can and buy a new car. Like say, you know, by then, okay, I want a new Civic or I want some other brand, you know? Hmm. So 15,000, 14,000, 12,000, 16,000, these were the transacted prices two and a half, three years ago. Mm. And there was nothing wrong with the car. But used car dealers were telling people, hey, your battery got a problem. This one hybrid, uh, brother. Oh, no value, brother. I help you to sell, uh, brother. I so take the car, I'm losing money. You know? Mm. So people thought, never mind, I just let go. But what happened is, 
Honda Malaysia came back with a commitment. We will stick to our battery replacement price. That's number one. Number two, more and more owners started sharing online that they were not having problems with their battery. Mm. Okay? So, for example, some people said, you know, even after seven years, I don't have problems with my battery, so why am I worried? And then there were others who had already changed the battery before seven years. I think it's generally just the fear of when your electric car battery runs out, it's, um, you know, it's going to be 25,000, 30,000 ringgit. And people are just like, hell no. <laughs> but that happens with plug-in hybrids. Yeah. So if you think about it, they were basically getting played, lah, you know? Mm-hmm. And we actually did an article on this um, in 2018, how a lot of Honda hybrid owners were getting played. Yep. And then we did a bit of research. And I'm going to give you some of the some of the, the figures that were shared with us by Honda Malaysia. For a Honda Inside Hybrid, the battery costs 4,000 ringgit with installation and an eight-year warranty. For a brand new one? Brand new, brand new battery. That's pretty cheap. Yes. The CRZ Hybrid, 5,005 with an eight-year warranty. The Civic Hybrid, 5,005 with an eight-year warranty. The Jazz Hybrid. 5,005 with the eight-year warranty. City Hybrid, also 5,005 with the eight-year warranty. So the inside hybrid at 4,000 is the cheapest hybrid battery replacement with an eight-year warranty. So why are we talking about a used inside? Because when we check, most of them are now nine to 10 years old. This car was launched globally in 1999, but it arrived in Malaysia in 2010 at the former, at the 2010 KL International Motor Show. Hmm. At that time, it was 98,000 ringgit, which is the same price as our very famous Toyota Prius C. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now, it was bigger than the Prius C. It had more space. It's got a very large boot. This is not a small car. This car is quite a large and very decent-sized family car. And if you look at the interior dashboard, the dashboard is pretty nice looking. Nothing to shout about. Nothing complicated. It's, it's, it's practical. It's practical and it doesn't look out of date. Mm-hmm. It looks still... Pretty decently modern. So today you can buy a nine to ten year old inside from twenty three thousand to twenty nine thousand ringgit. Pretty good price considering. I mean, even if you take the fact that it's a hybrid out of the equation, you can be convinced that it's a pretty good car mainly because of its size. It's yes. a huge car. Yes, <laughs> it's it's a it's a decent sized family car for five. Very comfortable. It's got two airbags. It's got safety features. It's good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. And it's a great city car. And it's a wagon. Technically. It's a hatchback wagon, you know. I would actually call it a fastback. Mm. So now, why is the price difference twenty three to 29000 I'll explain to you. Now, 23000 you'll get the first generation model. There are so many one-owner cars out there. You can go to the classifieds. You can see for yourself. And a lot of them, uh, sadly, have not had their battery changed yet. So that is why the 23000 price. Mm. But they're still running because why? If you're going to go and look at a used one, very simple. Just say, I want a battery health check done. So a battery health check is basically you go to any Honda dealership that has a workshop. They will do a battery health check for you and they'll tell you what's the possible uh, lifespan of your current hybrid battery. So if you're buying one with, say, maybe a two or three year lifespan, it's okay. Hmm. It's not too bad because you're buying it for 23000 And of course, mind you, 23000 is before negotiation, right? Huh? Yep. Okay. So if you get a 29,000 before negotiation price, that's probably a seven-year-old car. Battery might have been changed because some people have already changed the battery. So you're saving there already 5,000 ringgit in the battery cost. And the later models came with a beautiful modulo body kit. Yep. So which gave the inside a more modern look. It looked more facelifted. 
and it's got leather interior and it's got slightly bigger wheels. So these are little things that are that you know, little extra that you know you can sort of appreciate, you know. Yep. And the mileage will be much lower mm. because the car is seven years old. That depends, of course, on who's using it. But there's so many for sale right now. You can take your time to search for the one that you think is the best compromise. Now, for me, I'll go for one which, A, the battery has been changed and you have the modular body kit and the car is about seven years old. Why? Because you still can get at least a four-year loan on it. Good point. Okay? If you get a slightly older one, which is already about nine, ten years old, you probably will not get the loan. You've got to spend at least 5000 to change the battery in the next couple of years or maybe in the same year. And that's a cash purchase. And in this market, why don't get a car loan? Because the interest rate is really low. Good point. Okay? Yep. So, end of the day, when you go and buy a car like this, of course, the general need to look out for is there's no oil leaks underneath. The car has not been flooded before. Check for accident damage. And if you're already going to do a battery check at the service center, Pay the service center guy a little bit more extra money and tell him, boss, check the car thoroughly for me, lah. You know, <laughs> do a once over, lah. You know, do a diagnostic. I pay you a little bit more. Peace of mind, lah, because you already brought the car to the service center, right? Yep. If the used car dealer tells you, sorry, sir, you have to pay a deposit before you can take the car out, then never mind. You keep your car. It's okay. I don't need to buy from you. Because <laughs> why? I'm not going to drive it to the service center. You drive it. You get the battery health check. Now, if I decide not to buy the car. You have that battery health check report to show to the next possible buyer. Yep. So let's not be let's not be difficult about it. You want to make a sale, I want to help you out, lah. You know that's what cruise control used car reviews are all about. <laughs> you know, just looking at like the the whole shape of the car. You know, the the teardrop fastback, it was ahead of its time. Yes, it, it was. Yeah. I, I I don't think it looks dated at all. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it does a little bit. But only because I think when, when I first saw it, I thought, well, that actually looks kind of futuristic. Ah, yes, yes, yes. yes. And now I look back at it and I'm like, yeah, okay. But I, I remember you know, them coming out at the same time, as you, as you said, as roughly as the, the Prius, right? Yes. Uh, and it was like, do we get a Prius? Do we get an inside? Do we get a Prius? Do we get an inside? And it seemed that Prius seemed to win that fight in most places. Good looking car, though, still. Yeah. Yeah. And Richard, because you're from England, I'm going to share some news with you. Oh, go on then. I've not been back in a while. Then, yeah. <laughs> in England, yes, this was rated as one of the most reliable mile hybrid cars for its time. Oh, bless those British people. Yes. <laughs> and they sold a lot of these cars. And till today, a lot of old age pensioners are using it trouble-free. Well, there you go. Trouble-free. So what I'm trying to tell you is when you finally go back to retire in good be old careful, England. Be careful. Be <laughs> careful. I you, know where you're you going. You can buy one of these and be a happy man. <laughs> no more BMW 6 Series. It's Honda Insight. And on that note, I think on that note, I'm going to kick you both out of the recording session. <laughs> Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for paying attention all the way through Cruise Control uh, this afternoon, this evening rather. We'll be back same time, same place next week. If you missed any part of the show, don't forget you can download the podcast and have a listen back at your leisure, wherever you want to, whenever you want to. Uh, we started off in part one with our roundup. We spoke a little bit about some Audis, some Toyotas, some Koenigseggs. Yes, the Jesco. Uh, the BMW 330 um, legroom increase. Um, the VW Arteon Tiger and the Honda Kona, the 1.6 Tiger there. And of course, um, a little bit of a review. The used Honda Insight 2009. Thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Rich Bradbury. On behalf of Arif Ruse and Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my, this has been Cruise Control on BFM 89.9. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.